Stamps.com. Postage on demand. Print your own postage and shipping labels in seconds. Click instantly buy and calculate exact postage. Print, print postage, labels, envelope, or plain paper. Mail a fixed postage and mail anywhere in the world. Give Stamps.com a try. Get $5 of free postage. Check out for details on Stamps.com. Corporate postage solutions have more than two locations. The Stamps.com Enterprise is postage solution for you. Shipping solutions process and print shipping labels fast. Enjoy shipping discounts and more. Stamps.com versus postage meters. The choice is clear. Stamps.com offers more features at a fraction of the cost. Approved licensed vendor of USPS. Save big with discounted rates from USPS and UPS. Stamps.com is an independent vendor of the USPS and UPS. Here's how it works. Open Stamps.com account. Simply click the Get Started button to sign up for Stamps.com and get access to all the services of the postal right from your computer 24-7. Even get discounts you can't get at the post office. Try that with $5 free postage. Stamps.com will give you four weeks to see if they are right for you. Stamps.com is so confident you'll like them. You'll also throw on and Throw in $5 free postage to use during the four weeks. Don't pay unless you stay. Cancel your account online or call 1-855-608-2677 to cancel within the four-week trial period and pay no service fee. The monthly fee for it is just $17.99 plus applicable taxes. If any, including the first month, your service will continue uninterrupted as long as you got as long as you do not cancel. Your 24-7 post office. Send invoices, letters, packages, print official UPS postage, UPS, USPS postage, domestic or international, no more guesswork, how much postage, what mail, class, stamps.com will figure it out for you. You can limit trips to the post office, anything you can do at the post office, you can do right from your desk 24-7. Do more than a postage meter for less, avoid hidden fees, equipment, insurance, and there's no extra hardware to buy or lease. Better pay full price for stamps again. Get postage discounts you can't even get at the post office. Customer support, always ready to help. Available by phone, email, or chat. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. PT. Not just for small office mailing, mailing locations, solutions, shipping solutions, and warehouse solutions. Here's Chapter 8 of American Dirt by Janine Cummins. In the bed on the night, she discovered that Javier and La Lachuza were the same person. Lydia turned off the lamp but did not close her eyes. She and Sebastian had always agreed that married people were entitled to a certain measure of privacy, that they needed, needn't tell each other everything. It was one of the reasons she'd fallen in love with him. He didn't press her on personal matters. She was seldom jealous, and he had no interest in anything or directing her friendships with other men. You're a person, you're an adult, he said to her before they were engaged, and I am your lover. If we get married, you choose me. I hope you'll continue to choose me every day. Lydia had laughed at his unfashionable use of the word lover, but the sentiment thrilled her before. Sebastian had always presumed that their marriage would tell of sacrifice or liberty. That it had not delighted her. They were both trustworthy, and they fancied themselves quite modern. They kept nothing of import from each other, but Lydia liked having a sacred comfort within herself to which she was allowed to which only she was allowed access. 
so there had been nothing untoward her in her failure to mention the name Helvira to her husband before, but of course had not everything changed when Sebastian got up in the morning and kissed her forehead on his way to the bathhouse. She was still awake. She sat up in bed, her stomach lurching with uh, movement. Sebastian, she said, she thought about not telling him about asking questions. Instead, she knew that once the words were out of her mouth, her friendship with Helvira would come to an end. And beneath everything else, there was a foundation that grieved to that impending loss. She wanted her to discover to be a true, a misunderstanding. Her husband turned toward her in the gray light of the bedroom. What's wrong? He knew instantly from the pitch of her voice. He crossed his face between and sat beside her on the bed. He's my friend, she confessed. Sebastian didn't go to work that morning. He called his editor and left a message that he was following the leads and wouldn't be in until later. He and Lydia sat together on the unmade bed and talked for hours while outside the light shifted from gray to pink to broad to the yellow. Then it was time to wake Luca and take him to school. They managed to re- the routine in the distracted haze. I'll take him today, Sebastian insisted. You wait here, Lydia cried in the shower. When Sebastian returned, they continued the discussion at the kitchen table. Lydia's wet hair was nodding on top of her head and her face felt blotchy. Is there any chance you're mistaken? She asked, her arms folded in front of her. She already knew the answer, but it made no sense. She was floundering. Sebastian locked his eyes on her and answered in the most deliberate possible tone, No. She nodded the, the piece you're working on about Los Jardinos, Jardineros. Does it specifically mention him? Yes, it's all about him, his big debut. The whole hello world, I'm, I'm a major kingpin expose. Lydia tilted her hands to one side, placed her hand against her forehead. I didn't know what to do. She whispered, it seems impossible. There's nothing to do, Lydia, but I just can't understand it. I know him. I know Lydia. I know. He's charming. He can be. How erudite, but he's also incredibly dangerous. She pictured Javier's eyes, how explosive they looked whenever he removed his glasses. The word dangerous seemed so incompatible. I know it's difficult to get your head around, Sebastian said. I can see you're strict, and I'm sorry. He paused before he shifted gears. But he's a murderer, Lydia. Many times over, this guy is made of blood. This guy. She shook her head again. Sebastian stood up and placed his hands on the back of his chair. He pushed it under the table. He's not who you thought he was. But you said yourself just last night that he, that Los Jardineros, they aren't as violent as the other cartels. He said that, he had said that, damn it. Lydia opened the kitchen window to the nose of the traffic below. Lydia, I love you. I love you, Laura, to any goodness. But we are talking degrees of murderers here. Less violent or not, he's still a ma- major narco. And when you've killed that many people, kill it because conventional. Does it matter that he's killed fewer children than other murderers have? It's not a moderation board of virtue. It's a pinche business decision. That guy would kill anyone if he thought he was the smart thing if it was a smart thing to do. Not anyone. Her voice was a weakening plea. He has a daughter. Sebastian dropped his head between his outstretched arms. Sebastian listened, he said. I know it all sounds absurd, but I'm not naive. I'm not an idiot, right? You're the smartest woman I know. So I'm just I'm just trying to make take it all in, to reconcile everything you're telling me and to make it match up with the person I know Javier to be. I know, I know. It's difficult. I can't imagine because I do, Sebastian. I know him, and I like you say, and like you say, he is smart. In a different, in a different life, he could have been someone good. But it's not a different life, Lydia. He's not someone good. But maybe he still could be. 
That's what I'm telling you, because people are going to play whatever you say he is. He's also this other person, a tortured poetic soul, full of remorse. He's funny, he's kind. Maybe things could still be different. Wait, the doctor said it is like, who is now living against the kitchen window so also the horn blared and the breeze blew past the dry tendril of her hair. Wait a second, are you in love with him? What? Are you? Sebastian, don't be ridiculous. There is, this is no time for his histrionics. He shook his head. But do you have feelings for him? No, not like that. I do love him. You love him? He's my friend, a real friend, someone who's become very important to me. He leaned her hand, she leaned her hands on her knees and looked up at him. The coffee grinder gurgled inside. His father died of cancer too. Her husband pulled the chair back out and sat down again. Old Lydia. Sebastian had never met Lydia's father, but his death was such a defining loss in Lydia's life and indeed in Sebastian and Lydia's early courtship that he felt a strong kinship to his deceased father-in-law nonetheless. He knew all the stories of how Lydia was 12 years old, slightly too old for teddy bears. Her lifelong favorite developed a gash in his nose. Lydia was heartbroken and embarrassed. The bear emerged his stuffing all over the house. Lydia's father went quietly to the pharmacy and returned with a bag that he placed on the kitchen table beneath a swing on left. He instructed her to bring the bear from her room. She transported she transported the bear with great care, and when he she returned to the kitchen he it had been transformed into an operating room. There was a sheet of plastic spread out across the table. Her father wore a mask of rubber gloves, his soldier's holes were spread out beneath the lamp, needle thread, a gleaming watch of new leather, a gleaming swatch of new leather. Lydia's father crafted an entirely new leather nose for her bear. Sebastian knew, too, that the only green vegetable his father-in-law ate was lima beans, that he had a three-inch scar on his leg from a childhood boating accident, that he sang loudly at concerts and sometimes in mortifying harmony with whatever act was on stage. Sebastian knew that the only time Lydia had ever seen her father cry was when Oscar de la Hoya won the gold medal around at the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona, Sebastian felt such a fondness for his father that he wondered if he knew the man better in death than he would have in life. They had been dating only eight weeks and were at the Estadio Azul in Mexico City attending a football match when Lydia got that terrible phone call. Though the cancer had been slow, the end had been fast and unexpected. It was October 24, 2003, exactly one week before El Dia de los Muertos. Reportedly, his last was event, there's a party I have to prepare. Lydia and Sebastian left the stadium immediately, and he drove her first to her apartment, and then through the night back to Acapulco. Her clothes were in heap in the back seat. She couldn't think what she was supposed to bring, so she brought everything. She packed a laundry basket. She packed in a laundry basket. Sebastian held her hand in the dark and stumped on the side of the road. Dear cover, where no vodka. When she thought she might throw up. He drove back and forth to Mexico three more times that week. The next day, three retreat was so close to the Atlanta that warm his professors that at his own about the absence of finding to bring some of her friends down for the funeral. And to join Lydia's mother in convincing Lydia to return to college. In some way, Sebastian always credited that tragedy with being the thing that cemented their relationship. They had always known they were falling in love, and then the gravity of that heartbreak acted like a measuring stick for Lydia. It calculated the death of Sebastian's character. The death aroused an unfamiliar stability in Sebastian. He found this expanding in an effort to plug the holes in Lydia's life, so he understood when she was 
when she said this simple thing about Javier that his father died of cancer too. Sebastian understood the scope of what that and what that shared experience really meant to his wife. How old was he? Sebastian asked when his father died. Eleven. She grimaced. Sebastian grimaced. Terrible. Linda went to the cupboard and took down two mugs, which she filled with coffee. She set one in front of her husband and sat down beside him once again. She drew her knees up and wrapped her arms around her legs. Sebastian, I think he's in love with me. Sebastian filled his cheeks with air before letting it all loose into the room. Maldita, maldita sea, he said. Of course he is. In, short, in the short term, the only real change was that Sebastian began calling and coming to the shop more frequently than he had before. Four or five times a day he takes it, and even if he, she was busy, she made sure to respond to assure him. All was well. Lydia was intensely nervous when Javier came the following week. She texted Sebastian beneath the counter. He's here. I'll call you after. Javier cared for a portrait, and his eyes were brighter than usual. He seemed eager for the other customers to withdraw, but Lydia took her time left the three alone with him. With the last couple wanted, when the last couple wandered toward the exit without any purchase, she called after him. Did you find everything okay? They didn't answer. The man only nodded, and the bell above the door startled as they left. Lydia's hands trembled as she spooned sugar into Javier's cup. He smiled proudly at her from his stool. I brought you again, he, pro- he prodded the, the paper-wrapped bundle across the table across the counter to her. It was plain brown paper taped into border ribbons, but the austerity and the rubber didn't diminish the intimacy of an unwanted gift on Wednesday morning. Lydia opened it anyway. It, inside it was a nesting doll, peanut-shaped and, a, and about the length of Lydia's forearm, with a barely so visible seam running around her middle. She was painted in fessica of black hair, pink cheeks, yellow apron, and Red roses. Lydia pulled her heart and pulled her. Lydia pulled her apart at the same and inside found her identical small sister. She pulled her apart again and again, and each time she discovered in miniature the shelf of the doll before her. The Russian nesting doll, she said. Yes, Javier washed his face. But really, there, me. Keep going. She pulled apart the last type of doll, no taller than the sun. Inside, she found the tiniest sister. This one was. Bright turquoise and more beautiful, more exquisite and detailed than all the sisters before her. Lydia pinched her between finger and thumb. She held her up and studied the intricate silver filigree of her paintwork. And that's you, Javier. Tapped his chest with his fist. Muy dentro de mi. Lydia blinked rapidly, but it was too late to conceal the tears that came to the corners of her eyes. Javier mistook them and his smile broadened. You liked them. She sniffed, very much, thank you. She hastened to pack the doll back into another while he washed. You noticed the way he, she didn't take care to line up their tops with their boss. This is this was his first indication that something was truly askew. What's the matter, me, Reina? When the dolls were assembled, Lydia rolled them back into her brown paper and placed them beneath the counter with her phone. There was no easy to say it. She might as well be direct. I received some bad news last week, she said. He leaned forward. Frowning about you. He leaned back, frowning deeper. A long, a very long silence grew between them, and then a customer came in, jangling the bell above the door. The woman brought three notebooks, three fancy pens, and a birthday card. And Lydia found something to smile while she rang the woman up. She felt Javier's eyes like a malediction in the room. It rattled into her chest. 
His shoulders were curled in, and he squeezed his flooded hands between his thighs. When the customer Lydia went to the door and locked it, she flipped aside it to Serato. They studied each other across the counter. She stared into his eyes, and neither of them shifted the gaze. At length, he spoke. I presumed you knew. His voice was strange, raspy. She at length. Oh, she she shook her head without moving her eyes from his. How would I know? Why would I know? His eyes swam even larger than usual behind the glasses. His mouth trembled as she spoke. It feels as though almost everyone knows the thoughts. Somehow I hoped it didn't matter to you. I thought it didn't matter because you knew me. You could see the person I really am. I can. I still can, she said. But Javier, the other part of you, the part I don't know, is irreconcilable. That person is real too, yes? Finally, he dropped his gaze behind her. He blinked his eyes repeatedly, removing his glasses and cleaned them on the tra- tail of his shirt. I love you, he said. I know. No, you don't. The other person is left together. I'm in love with you, and I and I am in love with you. She shook her head. Lydia, you're the only real friend I have. The only person in my life who wants nothing from me except the joy between us. That's not true. It is true. And when I'm with you, and I'm and when I'm not with you, I'm lonely for you. You have no idea the light you provide. You and Marta, you're all I really have. Nothing else matters. I would leave it at all if I could. Then do, she slapped her hand against the counter. Leave it. He smiled sadly. It doesn't work that way. It works whatever you say it It works. You, you're, you're the jefe, right? Yes, and if I leave, what then? What will become a lot of people if I leave? How many people will die while they fight? Who will who takes my place. His elbows went up down the counter. He tugged at his hair in distress. You know I never wanted this. It was an excellent fit that I ended up here. Quite near the surface of a conscious Lydia knew that couldn't really be true. It, if it was a lottery ticket, it was one he had selected and purchased with his own money. He knew this, she knew this, that he must have committed specific evils to attain to obtain this rank. How many? Of what nature? Some combination of fear and sense prevented her from asking she didn't dare to contradict justifications. But here we are. Here I am. His eyes were pleading. There's no getting out of it, Lydia. Not for me. But it doesn't define who I am. She could still feel the sun, the sun sobbing through her brain like an erratic pulse. Of course it defines who you are. She did not say. She squeezed his eyes. Her eyes shut and felt him take her hand. Please understand, he said. Try. When Lydia found Javier's picture in Sebastian's photo the next previous week, She'd been riven with equal anguish. Seldom had she experienced such profound authentic friendship in her life. The process of losing the attachment, that attachment grieved her. But now that Javier sat before her, husband and his, now that, now that the thing had been spoken between them and confirmed to be true, was all that was left for Lydia was autopsy. What love had been there was already slipping away. She could still sense it like a ghost in the room, vague and inanimate. But she could no longer feel it. Her affection had gone, leached out like blood from as ever. When he squeezed her fingers, she caught the scent of formaldehyde. When he looked, when he looked, his side gazed into hers. She saw the glass of his lenses spattered with blood. Thank you for listening to this chapter. Have a good week and stay safe.